He's America's top lantern-based superhero. Today on the show, we discuss Green Lantern. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin, the second. The second? Yeah. How you two dudes doing? Uh, I, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> That's a weird, not what I usually expect you to say at the start of the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm... Yeah, you got some news or something? What's... Yeah, are you no. preparing us for something? I'm just a little thrown off because I'm sitting on an exercise ball. <laughs> wait, yeah, for wait, those what? listening at home, Dan is sitting on an exercise ball. There is no funny story behind it. It is not interesting. It's just not a bit. Ha- just happening. Yeah, it's just, it's the just thing a he's question doing. of uh, chair He's-ing. allocation. Yeah, you're not you're not exercising your core. Well, he, I probably am. He should be. Well, yeah, your core does need more exercise. Wait, what? What I are you mean, saying about my core? This is an intervention, Dan. You've got a weak core. <laughs> okay. Stuart yeah. and I have both noticed it. The listeners have noticed it. I'm your core cool. is crying out for strengthening. <laughs> so this podcast is not about bad movies anymore. It's about your personal fitness regimen and your core. This is shocking. I Have really you ever seen the movie The Core? <laughs> it's about you and your weak core. I thought it was, wasn't DJ Qualls in that? Yeah, he goes into Dan's core to strengthen it. Oh, okay. There's a big global catastrophe. Uh, it didn't work out in the world. How does he destroyed. do it? Does he do it? Does he use some Pilates or something? It's a giant exercise ball. A lot of planks. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of planking. Mm-hmm. All right. And a lot of plankton. Sounds like a good movie. I should check that out. Uh, nope. <laughs> so, uh, you can go down to your local video store. It's filed under disaster disaster movies. Mm-hmm. Filed under box office disaster. <laughs> it's filed under movies where the Earth's magnetic core stops moving. Yep. It's very, Is that what happens? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it causes... Uh, Massive bird deaths. And, and buildings to fall over on top of people. Yeah. And uh, it gives it's uh, Delroy fact. Lindo a, a nice fat paycheck. Along with other well, character actors. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub was in it, I think. <laughs> so are we talking about the core today? <laughs> no, we're talking about a completely different Dan, movie. We're talking about a movie, and we, the movie we watched is one that's been requested multiple times multiple by Flophouse times. fans. And we actually said and we're going to do just it. just fucking teasing Why it. are we wasting time on the core? Who was in that again? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. Was that a Jennifer Connelly TV's movie? TV's Monk. Uh, no, that movie starred, uh, what's her face, Million Dollar Baby. Oh, uh, oh, oh, the yeah, that expensive baby. <laughs> oh, Goo Goo's Rockefeller. <laughs> so we watched today a movie called Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. About a guy with a green lantern. <laughs> yeah. The end. I mean, he does have... El Lanterno Verde. <laughs> he has a green lantern. He has a green ring. It comes a matched set. Yep. You buy one, you got to buy the other. <laughs> he didn't buy them. They were given to him by a skinless alien. Yeah, a skinless purple alien. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, Dan, during this movie, decided to go downstairs and check his mail. <laughs> then at one point, he was showing Stuart that he can play Sonic the Hedgehog on his iPad. Really, the movie really captivated What is him. more important? It really the fact that I brought can play him Sonic into a... the Hedgehog on my iPad or Green Lantern? It took him into a world of whimsy that he could not escape from. Yeah, it's all about wish fulfillment, you know? Yeah. He yeah. wished to uh, see Ryan Reynolds. In his underpants. Yeah. And it happened. Yeah, it happened. Mm-hmm. Several times. Yeah. there's a the lot. we knew that was what it had going for it. There's a lot in this movie for the ladies. Ryan Reynolds with his shirt off. 
uh, uh, giant Peter, space monsters, giant space Lady, monster, like that, right? Peter Sarsgaard with enormous bulbous head. <laughs> Blake Lively's acting chops. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Lots of great things. So this is a pretty simple movie, Green Lantern. It's your basic guy. It's a, it's a comic book guy. Yeah, based on the comic book Green Lantern. It's based on the comic book guy character from <laughs> Simpsons. Uh, Green Lantern is a Hal Jordan, a screw up fighter pilot. Who a real maverick, if you will. He's a real maverick, a real ice man, a real goose, <laughs> a real tough gun. He seems to be a real firefox. He seems to be unafraid of anything but commitment. Yeah, he, the one thing he's afraid of is getting close to people. Well, and getting dying in a firing crash. He's not that afraid of that. He's afraid enough of it that he bails out and of he has his, a uh, brand new plane. It's just foolishness it. not to bail out of a crashing plane. But like Lively said, you had a chance to pull it out, and you didn't. You didn't he was take too busy. It. They were, she, she was talking about the time that they had a baby by accident. Oh, okay. Well, and he was too busy having a really weird flashback in the middle of this action. Yeah, to the time his dad died in a fiery crash. That's maybe we, should, fiery maybe we should start at the beginning, shall we? <laughs> we need. They need to justify his fear of fiery crashes because no one's afraid of that <laughs> yeah. unless their dad died in one. Unless they saw it happen. Yeah. So the movie begins with a bunch of cartoon aliens First, running around and getting a, in trouble. It's a <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shenanigans. Yeah, they're trying. They they're just getting into hijinks. They, <laughs> the movie straight. starts with a voiceover, which is the sign that says this will be a bad movie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it starts by explaining that thousands of billions of trillions of quadrillions of quintillions of years ago, a race of aliens known as the Guardians. I think Pro- they mm-hmm. probably named themselves that. Yeah, nobody called them that. They gave themselves that name. Who are yeah. little purple guys with big heads and long, flowing red robes? And by long, I mean like two-story long robes. Uh, created a legion of space cops called the Green Lantern Corps to police the universe and to get. They use the power of human, or I guess not human, the power of willpower, which yeah. is green. Will is the greatest force in the universe. Which is which is a very Nietzschean view of the yeah. universe. That the will to power is the only, is the most powerful force, but uh, everyone gets a green ring. It gives them the power to do whatever they can imagine, as long as they imagine it coming out green. And there was also a an evil yellow force, fear, which took the form of a monster cloud called Parallax, and they trapped it inside of a planet on the other side of the universe. But then it escapes. Yeah, and in the beginning the of end, the movie, right? it escapes. The right? I hope so. <laughs> and when it escapes in the beginning, cut to uh, reckless uh, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, who's serious? <laughs> In his that's second film where, role. Yeah, that's the movie where uh, Ned Kelly dates Robin Banks, <laughs> the bank teller. So, uh, reckless test pilot Ryan Reynolds screws up a like a uh, what like a, a presentation of their stealth drones before Senator Tim Robbins, and yep. as Dan commented. Oh, yeah. Tim Robbins has now entered the playing senators uh, phase of his career. <laughs> Which means he is a kind of an older gentleman with gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks good in a suit. Uh, he's And he doesn't have to move too much. Yeah. 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 He just kind of stands around and says things like, well, we're looking into it. Yeah. You know, and like, this has very big possibilities. Mm-hmm. You've disappointed me for the last time. Yeah. You've got to understand, there are ways of doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Reynolds threw some hot dog in, uh, ruins the presentation, <laughs> <On> the <ski slopes. laughs> and he's and wrecks his plane. Uh, and then, like, he gets fired, but then he's not fired. And then a, a purple well, he quits, alien, and then he's not fired. And then he's on some kind of double secret probation or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Parallax fights Abinsor, a a purple alien with no skin, who is the greatest of the Green Lantern heroes. 
and uh, kills, uh, wounds him lethally. And Abensor crashes his spaceship into Earth and then sits in his spaceship submerged in water for like a day. <laughs> until He's mortally Ryan, wounded. He until can't. Ryan Reynolds happens to stop by. Oh, no, oh, he doesn't no. have to stop by. A green glowing cloud picks up Ryan Reynolds outside of a child's yep. birthday party and because, takes him to the, to the dying Abensor. Because the ring has chosen him. As they say, the ring chooses... The next green lantern. So you're saying Abin Sur, the greatest Green Lantern, flies a spaceship that no other Green Lantern seemed to need. They to all fly, fly through space by themselves. But yeah. no, he he decides to fly a spaceship. Yeah, well, it's like a vintage spaceship that he cherried up. You know, he really re- took okay. care of it. So he wants to show it off to Parallax because he knows Parallax <laughs> is like a vintage spaceship nut. <laughs> they see he, each other at the want, vintage spaceship shows. He wanted to show him the spaceship and then crash it into something just to make him mad. He wanted for to killing him. Crash? Yes. <laughs> Oh, you're going to kill me? Well, I'll wreck this beautiful spaceship. Oh! Uh, so he sits waist deep in water for like <laughs> 10 hours until the water ring... Water he's probably soiled. <laughs> until the ring decides to go get him. Uh, he never... And then leaves the spaceship until Ryan Reynolds pulls him out. Uh, this is a guy who, again, has control of a ring that can do anything. He never uses it to get him out of a spaceship. Abensward dies, but gives the ring to Ryan Reynolds because the ring has chosen him. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds calls his friend who comes and picks him up in his car and then they <laughs> run away as a helicopter flies by which they assume is an evil government I guess. Yeah, you know, whenever you, if you're you, at the side of a crashed spaceship, you yeah. should probably run away from any approaching vehicles, yeah. especially the, a helicopter with a searchlight. At the best, light. at the best you you can you can expect the men in black to show up and erase your memory. Yeah, and then you don't get to keep the ring. Yeah. You don't get to remember what like rap song they might sing before erasing your memory. About how here they come. <laughs> the men in black? Yep. Are they galaxy protectors? Yeah. Or galaxy defenders. Because they won't let you remember, which oh, kind yeah. of rhymes. It doesn't rhyme at all. Defender and remember. Mm-hmm. Remember rhymes just as well with protector. It's a slant rhyme. <laughs> it's a crappy rhyme. <laughs> okay. Well, agree to disagree. All right. This has been the Rhymecast, <laughs> where we rate different rhymes from 16-year-old <laughs> rap songs. Uh, so yeah, he becomes uh, he becomes Green Lantern. Green he, Lantern. He puts on the ring. He charges it up with Long the battery. He the the ring tells him the oath, the Green Lantern oath, and then takes him to Oa, the planet of the Green Lanterns, where a kind not of, until after he uh, used the ring's power to punch a bunch of guys oh, whose yeah. jobs he lost. <laughs> That's right. A lot of guys were fired from the air, airplane factory because Ryan Reynolds lost them a government contract. So after he has a drink with his boss slash ex girlfriend, they get in some kind of weird like dance fight in the uh, parking lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well he he dances with his his boss Blake Lively, okay. and then he goes to the parking lot and a bunch of guys go like, "Thanks for losing us our jobs," and in a very choreographed fight, punch him a lot, mm-hmm. and then the Green Lantern ring and its infinite goodness and wisdom and justice allows Ryan Reynolds to punch them so hard that they all must be dead now. Yeah, one, one flies guy, yeah. through a brick wall, one smashes into the front of a car. Yeah. We never hear from them again. Men who have, have a legitimate gripe. I mean, maybe they shouldn't be beating up a guy in Look, uh, violence is lot. violence is never the answer. But, but sometimes you get mad when one man is responsible for your livelihood being yeah. taken away. probably one, have one families, children yep. that aren't going to be able to eat now because of Ryan Reynolds' hot dogging. If only and... he could make a real hot dog to feed their family. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he was too busy hot-dogging in the skies. Instead, he's too busy making a giant uh, Green Lantern fish, fist to punch them. That's when... I mean, knowing this movie's sense them. of right and wrong, it was probably their families that were killed by the giant smoke monster at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, don't jump ahead too fast. Okay, spoiler alert, there's a smoke monster. <laughs> uh, it's almost like the ring 
was waiting for an opportunity for Ryan Reynolds to organically use his power. Like the mo- it feels like everyone in the movie is subservient to screenplay structure. So like Avonsard crashes his ship, he should immediately go get Ryan Reynolds. But it's not time for <laughs> Ryan Reynolds to get the ring. It's not p- like page twenty five of the script yet. So Avonsard has to sit around and wait for Ryan Reynolds to go through <laughs> the other stages of the hero's journey. And then like. The ring should instantly take Ryan Reynolds to Oa so that he can become a Green Lantern. And instead it waits for him to discover the power, because that's how movies work. That's not how the ring would work. So they go to Oa, and a a bird fish man... Yeah, he runs around the computer game or whatever he's in. Yeah, it's all computer generated. And uh, a bird fish man voiced by... Uh, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. I was about to say Jeffrey Wright. By Jeffrey Rush says to him, I'm the Green Lantern of Sector such and such. And Ryan Reynolds goes, that sector has 100 million sentient species. How do I know that? And the, and Jeffrey Rush says, your your ring told you so. It tells you everything. And he goes, oh, wow. Where am I? What's this place? Who are those people? And Jeffrey <laughs> Rush has to explain all this to him because the ring apparently forgot to tell him the most important information. Yeah. Well, he just wants to tell, you know, like what other people's purview is, you know. I guess so. It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like Jeffrey Rush needs to tell him this so that the audience can learn it, but – all they need to do to make that okay is not have him, not have the ring supposedly have given him all universal information. Right. You because know? that's integral to the storyline of the movie that he yeah, knows it really comes the population. Of... It's totally not. He never uses that knowledge, and he spends the rest of the movie asking people what the deal is. Basically, every little bit of knowledge that he needs to use throughout this entire movie, somebody tells him very obviously. Yes. Uh, he then goes into training as a Green Lantern with Michael Clark Duncan as the voice of Kilowog, a giant pig man, mm-hmm. who basically just throws things at him and yells things like, you got to toughen up to be part of the core. Hey, if you're afraid, you're going to lose, so don't be afraid. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. And how and long does this training take? About, yeah. ten, about seven minutes. No, actually about um, two minutes, 45 seconds. Yeah, but I mean, like, in, in screen, in, like not even in screen time, like, like in the like actual... A, like a day. Yeah, he's maybe. been training for, like, maybe a day. And that's when the most uh, pretentious of the Green Lanterns, Sinestro... Sounds like a good guy. Yep, with a name like Sinestro, he's got to be good. Uh, Sinestro comes in and says, I'll take over here, kill He's also got a mustache. He's got a mustache and a very high forehead and a widow's peak. Uh, he and hey, Ryan I've Re- got a widow's peak. That and he's like played by... Barely, barely. Some evil... Oh, yeah, look at this. this That's pretty... barely, barely a widow's okay. peak. And played by screen bad guy Mark Strong. Who, what else did he play? He was the bad guy in that Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, oh yeah. Dressed to kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. And some other stuff. Uh, so Sinestro is like, take it aside, Kilowog. He's mad because Abensur was his mentor, and I assume lover. I read that into it. Uh, <laughs> Abensur is the skinless guy, right? Yeah, who's dead now. <laughs> okay. And Sinestro says to Ryan Reynolds, uh, hey, Ryan Reynolds, if you think you're so great, fight me. And so they fight. Ryan Reynolds has one sword. Sinestro has two swords. Why do you pick swords? Uh, Ryan Reynolds picks them. I don't know. Yeah, because it visually it's interesting. Because okay. Ryan Reynolds, you know, uh, probably has, you know has a lot of sword training from his uh, being time a pilot. In Air Force. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. He thought saber meaning saber the plane, right. and the ring heard saber the sword. Yeah. Okay. So the ring is not very good with synonyms. <laughs> oh, sorry, not synonyms. Homonyms. Okay. Or words with multiple meanings. Yeah. That's is that like words that sound like other words? That's what a homonym is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> words that sound like other words. Dot com. Yeah. Uh, so they sword fight. Now, and Sinestro easily beats Ryan Reynolds and says, "You're afraid. You're nothing. You're weak. That's your problem. You're afraid. You dishonor Abin Sor and leaves." And Ryan Reynolds doesn't say the obvious thing, which is, 
It's my first day. Like, yeah. I just started. I'm not going to be the greatest Green Lantern in the universe right away, Sinestro. Anyway, that's what I would have said. And then somehow we're to assume that he quits, right? Because next time we see him, he's on Earth, and he's and wearing... He, he kind of tells Kilowog, like, I don't need to do this. Mm. That's the extent of his quitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then... But what, we are to believe that he I'm told is, that to bosses before. Uh, intrinsically yeah. a quitter. That is part of his character. Yeah. His real problem isn't that he's afraid of things, which should be the challenge he has to overcome, but that he's a quitter. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back on Earth, Abensor's body has been discovered by... Peter Skarsgård? The government. Skarsgård. <laughs> and uh, biology professor Peter Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Who here, he looks like... The kind, the guy with the mustache from Workaholics, like in Twenty Five Years. Okay, and a reference that everyone gets. Hit show Workaholics. Look, it's on TV. People okay. can look up what the guy looks like. He's got a we- gross, weedy mustache and long hair, and he's losing his hair on the front. Mm-hmm. But he's also Tim Robbins, the senator's son, okay. which I'm sure made Tim Robbins feel great that he's playing the father of Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> I mean, and they, they all can... grew up together. That's the other thing. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Well, Sarsgaard and dad. Blake Lively. <laughs> No. <laughs> Tim Robbins grew up with him? Yeah, it's a time warp thing. So he's at, T- Tim Robbins is actually younger than his own son. Okay. Peter Sarsgaard and, and Ryald Ren- Ryan- Reynolds and and Blake Mively all grew up together Raving as rabbits. kids. And yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just saying things with the two R's. Oh, okay. <laughs> they went to the high school at Anytown, USA. Yeah, so they... they so Valley not only, is what it's called. So the level of coincidence in the movie is like ramped up by a thousand. Yeah. Because there's this huge space core of aliens, and there's a fear cloud that sucks people's skeletons out of their bodies, and it's all going to pick the same three people, basically, to get involved mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Uh, but Peter Smarsnard is hired to investigate this alien body, and he accidentally pricks himself on something inside the body, which turns out to be a piece of the fear cloud monster parallax. Yeah. And so, um, basically, long story short, he start he is his brain gets really big and gross, and he can read people's minds and he has telekinetic powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's becomes a real monster face. Yeah, this all and all of his nerdiness is uh, amplified too. He gets even more sniveling and pathetic. Yeah, he actually. It like he's a character who the more powerful he gets, the yeah the weaker he gets. So by the end of it, he's got a huge brain, but he's in a wheelchair. And it's you have a, a climax that's between Ryan Reynolds, this handsome fit guy, and a guy who basically looks like he has like elephantiasis or Down syndrome or something like that. It's really horrifying. And like it's just gross that the movie is like, hey, comic book fans, we're gonna have a frail nerd up against a super strong handsome guy, and you've got to root for the handsome guy. Assholes, and, you, and you, you'd expect that climax to take to be like a like a fight, like a physical fight of this nerd getting punched in the face a lot. <laughs> but nope, it's just them talking. But, they talk you know, it out. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But let's basically this all comes together at the unveiling of some kind of thing at a grand gala at the airplane company. Turns out, I guess the contracts went through and everybody's jobs are safe. Hooray! Uh, Hal Jordan, aka Ryan Reynolds, has been rehired, and everybody's at this party and. Stella Marsgaard decides that he is unhappy with everything. He hits on Blake Lively. She's not interested. To no effect, yeah. And so he... She's not drawn in by his receding hairline and majestic <laughs> mustache. <laughs> and his inability to not, like, giggle or snort or have his, snot falling his, out of his face. Or, or his awkwardly sniffle. His weaselly tone. They really not... went way out of their way to make him a totally unattractive <laughs> yeah. character. And he is also somehow the most likable character in the whole movie. Because well, throwing least, himself into it with a well, band. At least he looks like, like he's having fun. Well, the fish guy's pretty good, too. Yeah. And I know you were excited about Kilowog. <laughs> <laughs> you, every time he was on screen, you'd go, yay, pig face. <laughs> pig face here. 
Uh, so Smarsnard uses the his mental powers to blow up the tap of of the bar, which then hits a helicopter blade. Helicopters crashes. The helicopter's carrying his dad. Tim Robbins and wait what I, I I this was when I was going uh, to you, get you the, mail. the mail. Why does he have to go through such a weird Rube Goldberg <laughs> way to like? I mean, like if he has telekinesis, why not just like take the because helicopter down? He directly? doesn't want anyone to suspect it's him using I think, telekinesis powers. Yes, just, exactly. Got a wire in the fucking. Well, the thing is, helicopters almost never fail and crash, so people would get suspicious. But beer taps explode all the time, <laughs> so people would be like, "Oh no, this totally ordinary thing where a beer tap just flew into the air and hit a helicopter." <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't caused by a genius super brain telekinetic with a gross mustache. <laughs> so the helicopter is crashing. It somehow manages to miss everybody in this huge crowd of people. Ryan Reynolds saves the day and becomes Green Lantern by turning the helicopter into a race car and then yep, creating like a, a giant, one car. creating a giant Hot Wheels track to, I guess, turn it in circles and slow it down. And this was foreshadowed by his, a scene he, earlier between him and his nephew that had a Hot Wheels track in the scene. Uh, so Green Lantern saves good the day. Yeah, good catch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Screenwriting 101 is something doesn't make sense in a movie unless there's some brief <laughs> reference to it, however arbitrary, earlier in the movie. Things never happen in real life without being set up in the first act. Uh, but we're still in act two. Anyway, this thing happens. I don't remember what happens after that. Ryan Reynolds probably quits being with Green Lantern like a hundred uh, times. Everybody doesn't realize it's Hal Jordan. They think it's his Green Lantern. Yeah, fellow. Blake Ly- Lively. Uh, he goes to see her. Tries to barely put on like a fucking voice, and uh, he has his Domino mask on. But she's like, "I know it's you. Uh, like we grew up together." Yeah, so which what is the fuck a, are you trying to pull? Which a, is kind of funny. Yeah, which is a pretty good line. Pretty good moment that she doesn't fooled by his stupid his mask that doesn't even cover his hair. Doesn't cover yeah. his haircut. I mean, honestly, you know, at this point, we can just sort of uh, skip ahead. Yeah, they're uh, falling in love. The Green La- the Green Lanterns can't stop Parallax, the Fear Cloud. There's a big fight with uh, the Brain Man, uh, mm-hmm. which ends with Parallax, the Fear Cloud, who apparently, I guess, was controlling Brain Man somehow, uh, says, "You failed me," and destroys him. Green Lantern fights Parallax. It's this evil fear cloud that none of the Green Lanterns can figure out how to fight. It turns out the way to stop it is with missiles and explosives. Yep. And eventually... Not with green blasts or nets or anything like that. Yeah. And eventually Green Lantern, he has the genius idea. Mm -hmm. Now, no one would ever think of this before. Of taking this super evil bad guy and throwing him into the sun so that he burns to death. Yeah, that's well, that's like a first time, right? Maybe like, and it's weird that the I think Green, what we're into. I mean, what we're learning is that the rest of the Green Lantern Corps is kind of dim. <laughs> I guess so. That's, and then later he says I mean, to them. Later, Sinestro gives a speech to the Green Lanterns, and he says, uh, "Oh, Green Lantern." Ryan Reynolds had already given a speech to the Owens. One of the many times he quit being a Green Lantern, where he tells them that humanity is a young species, but the best thing about us is our humanity. And then later, Sinestro says the same thing. What we thought was a weakness turned out to be his greatest strength: his humanity. Because I only, I, I guess only the compassion of the human heart could think of throwing something into the sun <laughs> to kill it. <laughs> like this, it really doesn't. Nothing makes sense put together. Uh, and so, in the end, everyone's okay. Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah. Except for <clears throat> Sinestro, at the end, puts on a yellow ring that they have forged for the power of fear. Yeah, for no reason. He has no sequel. real reason for him to put that ring on. But Well, for the comic book fans out there. They go, oh, I knew Sinestro was going to be a bad guy. Oh. I read the comics. The thing that I knew was going to happen happened. The guy whose name has Yay. Sinister in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How so. stupid is it to waste an entire movie trying to fool the audience into thinking Sinestro is a good guy? 
I mean, he seems pretty evil. He seems pretty evil. He's got a pencil thin mustache. He's a dick. He's a jerk. His name is Sinestro. It's not Benevolo. Maybe they thought it was Sinestro. They just had like bad allergies. Yeah, they're not pronouncing it that way, though. That's, yeah. But yeah, when he's fighting that giant cloud monster. Parallax. Yeah, he starts just throwing explosives at it, and that seems to work pretty well. And Parallax goes, rawr, oh. And it's, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just keep doing that. It's kind of like the American version of Godzilla, where Godzilla is rampaging through the streets of New York, and then they hit it with some missiles, and he dies. And it's like, well, why didn't you do that in the beginning? I guess or, not even missiles, rockets. They were talking about how only one Green Lantern's ever been able to capture Parallax. Why did he put him in a prison? Why didn't he just throw him into the sun or something? Yeah. Like, it's not like like there's like due process or something for a fucking fear monster. <laughs> Maybe like, there is. There's space cops. Yeah. They do things by the space book. By yeah. the way, I wish it was called space cops. <laughs> if it was called green space cops, it's way better. <laughs> yeah. So, And they, what's Lantern. weird is they also, they talk about, they're like, we Green Lanterns have forever traveled the universe, squashing injustice. It's like, well, you've done a pretty shitty job on Earth. Because uh, we've had a lot of terrible things happen just within the past hundred years, you know. Green well, maybe lanterns. the problem was before uh, that we had a, a human Green Lantern. A- Avancer was like, oh, yeah, I don't care about <laughs> yeah, that, he was, that much." Yeah. He was the problem. He was too busy showboating and uh, hot dogging, as you said. <laughs> yes, hot dogging. He was too busy hot dogging, burying parallax and planets rather than stopping Hitler's. <laughs> he was paying more attention to his own race than ours, which is skinless purples. <laughs> yep. And and making really cool spacecrafts that he crashes, right? Yeah, in his garage. Yeah, he's just out there on weekend on a Sunday morning, just tinkering in his driveway with that spacecraft. This movie. So, I mean, you guys really liked this movie. Oh, it was amazing. Directed uh, by Martin Campbell. There was a really good scene uh, from about midway the, through. The sitcom Martin. Uh, he directed Casino Royale and Golden And he did that stand-up special, and, uh, Run Tell Dat. The first uh, Zorro movie. He's starring Black, Black Knight. He's actually a fairly good uh, action director. He is. It's too bad that this movie is terrible. <laughs> and, like, the climactic battles are like Ryan Reynolds and Stellan Skarsgård lying on the ground touching each other's foreheads. <laughs> and that's the, that's the battle they're Pretty having. Pretty much, yeah. And then Tim Robbins catches on fire at the end. Oh, I forgot. Tim Robbins Scene, dies. Scene's <laughs> over. Dies of fire. Yeah, he gets the old uh, double giant blowtorch. <laughs> the old double giant blowtorch. We've seen it so many times in movies. It also makes me wonder when it also burned me... up. That was, I mean, you didn't expect to see Tim Robbins burn up. That's true. It also makes me wonder well, why you, didn't see it. you the... saw him go ah, and then fire came all over the room. He didn't. It's not like you saw his flesh melting off his bones. Why the why why did the Peter Skarsgård character exist? Was he just there to keep uh, need... Green Lantern busy for Basically, a little while you need before the, the minor big monster villain. shows up? Yeah, it, like. Superhero movies need two villains these days. That's kind of just the way they do things. There's always, like, the big villain and the hench villain. Okay. I mean, you also needed his flamboyant performance. You need it. Oh, he was the yeah. only thing bringing anything set the in the world movie to fire. Life. He was the only lively thing in a movie that it featured Blake Lively. Oh. Who was very dull. Yeah. And, and mumbly mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem. The, the movie. She's a, she's, a, she's a pretty face. To look at. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, so do a lot of other actresses. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just That's trying to find a, the good in things. A pretty guys. face is not exactly... <laughs> <laughs> pretty face is not exactly a rare thing among movie actresses. <laughs> That's one of the... one of the When I was growing up... You know, when you're when you're a young guy growing up, you sure. prize beauty among all, above all things. And then I realized... Similar to the Stellan Skarsgård character. Yes. Uh, because who, had a, who was for years in love with Blake Lively, even though they had nothing in common, just because she was pretty. 
But uh, I realized I watched a lot of bad movies when I was a teenager and in college, and I realized they all had beautiful women in them. And I realized beautiful women are not a rare resource on this planet of ours. If there's enough of them that they can that they'll take their tops off for like Roger Corman or less, then uh, you know what? It's not diamonds. You could yeah. probably find a beautiful woman to take her top off for love. Exactly, and I did. Yeah. Oh. Well, what a romantic way of thinking about that. <laughs> Think about that, Dan. <laughs> I uh, well, all you lonely nerds out there, take Elliot's heartwarming tale to heartwarming to tale of the <laughs> non valuableness of beauty. Yeah, of devaluing women to Look. heart. All, all honor or gold on this earth is but dross. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard the good news? <laughs> not all that glitters is gold. I guess what I'm saying is Blake Lively was not very good. And, hey, the, guys, po- and the power of will is the strongest thing in the I just realized, I just realized, guys, this was our Gossip Girl month between uh, this what? movie and uh, Country Song with Leighton Meester. Oh, yeah. Got a theme month. Yeah. Flophouse theme month. Gossip Girl. <laughs> Gossip Girl Tober. Gossip Girl Tober. Is that, that, is, makes, that, is that a show? Or when we rate this a, movie, like, it'll have to be, was this gossipingly good, <laughs> gruelingly bad? Or? Or gossip girlingly good, ba- good bad? Oh, man, it's going to be tough to pick. I am gossip girlingly the third. <laughs> good day to you, sir. Oh, Mr. Gossip, sir. I guess Mr. Girlingly. You may take my coat. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds is not a movie star. I hate to break no. it to everybody. He is a. I like him sometimes because it's him in Adventureland, right? Yeah. He's very good in Adventureland in a small role, but he cannot carry a movie yet, at least. Yeah. Like, no, I. Th- I think that he. I think you know, in time he may, but I think that uh, right now I would rather see him in supporting roles. There are a lot of actors out there that have been pushed for like main roles that are just like let's just let's just punch your weight. Colin for a while. Farrell's and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Your Colin Farrell's. Your uh, what? Your Jason Patrick's. Mm-hmm. You're um, uh, uh, oh, well, I guess that's just those uh, two. Uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> no, he yeah. could carry a movie. Actually, now he can't. But no. He could at one point. Adam I mean, Sandler's. Know, for years, Brad Pitt was like that. He was much more fun when he showed up in uh, in smaller supporting parts, and then and he had a lot of boring. Changed. He made a lot of great main, movies. Main Meet main Joe roles. Black, The Mexican. <laughs> yep. Uh, but meet, he just meet Joe Mexican, meet Joe Mexican, and Black Mexican, <laughs> and meet Mexican Black, <laughs> meet Joe Mexican. I guess it would be Jose Mexican. I want to see Black Mexican. <laughs> That's like a great seventies film starring Brad Pitt. <laughs> so Richard Roundtree is Black Mexican. So this is uh this is the Green Lantern podcast. I guess so. There's not a lot. To, I mean, Green Lantern is a very. It's like such a blah movie like the only word i can use to describe it is blah like it's just but it's a it's it's a pretty popular uh comic book right i don't know why green lantern is one of the most popular superheroes right now there are like four or five green lantern titles and he has almost always been one of the most boring characters he has a his main character his per, alter ego has no personality and that we're probably going to lose flophouse listeners by me saying this green lantern yeah. fans are rabid <laughs> but uh they like no no controversy <laughs> will sell this podcast Elliot. i well i'm going to make the stand green lantern is boring and stupid <laughs> okay. and you can quote me on that but and, he can uh, anything he imagines he can make but he and just it's imagines green. Like if he big, can dream it it can be it if he believes that he can achieve it but yeah. it, all he imagines is like big boxing gloves or like green mouse traps or fly swatters and He's just like he's not an interesting character. I'm gonna make yeah. a plea in favor of that being awesome, which is this. I mean, like I've not read Green Lantern, so like I'm just 
maybe in execution is what ruins it. Yes. But like, if I just hear about it's a it's a comic book about some space cops. Yep. <laughs> and uh, what they do is they have green rings that make big goofy green things that you fight people with. Like that sounds great. Like that here's, sounds like here's the classic problem. DC silliness. That does sound great, except it's not silly. It's taken yeah, okay. super seriously. Yeah, and as, are, as this movie, I think as is this movie shows, about. like they don't the characters only very briefly act. They are described as space cops. You don't see them doing any cop stuff. Like, wouldn't yeah. it be great if like pulling people over? For, well, you know, but too if fast like in their spaceships, if Ryan Reynolds Space instead paperwork. of instead of like some lame couple minutes of training, like Ryan Reynolds was brought along with Kilowog on like a call to a planet that needed Green Lantern help, right? And maybe Ryan Reynolds, through his inexperience, almost fucks it up. Kilowog ha- and Sinestro have to save his bacon, and so there's a genuine re- like you see what they do as space cops, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is awesome. And it's not like pulling people over, but it's like. Maybe like there's an earthquake that's pulling a Some planet Some guys apart. selling death sticks to little kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They got to use their Jedi powers to make him change how he thinks about his life. But and it's they like, commiserate over some space donuts and some terrible space coffee. Exactly. There's no Perfect. in the space break room. <laughs> there's no more boring scene in any movie than when like a council of elders convenes to it's... discuss something. And this movie has like five scenes like that. And instead of seeing these guys in action, you would just see them walking around talking about dangerous Green Lantern stuff. Especially when the Council of Elders scene is just a bunch of, like, computer-generated blobheads like sitting a, on top of sticks it's with a bu- long robes. Yeah, it's a bunch of blue Mickey Roonies in, <laughs> in like, floor-length red Mickey gowns. Mickey Loonies. Mickey Loonies, if you will. <laughs> just sitting around in stone thrones, just looking at everyone like, hmm, uh, hmm, I disagree. The, well, they barely the talk, human too. Like, speaks the, the truth. The human. There's a long scene where Sinestro gives, like, this whole speech talking to them, and I keep... Expecting Sinestro to be like, uh, are you guys even listening to me? Because you haven't said anything <laughs> this whole of, time. You're like two stories up. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Staring straight ahead. Uh, I just, I just need like a uh huh, uh huh, a nod or something to indicate. Like, but that's attention. the problem with with the Green Lantern mythos is they spend a lot of time. The Green Lanterns spend a lot of time talking about how noble and great the Green Lanterns are, but you don't see them Green Lanterning all that much, and it's taken very seriously. And when they do silly things like. One of the best characters, one of the best Green Lantern characters, as far as I'm concerned, is a guy who is a dog man, who's kind of like a clumsy dog man Green Lantern, and, you know, they don't do much with him. Yeah. That does sound pretty great. Okay, see, because in my head, I'm kind of, like, imagining, like, you know, like, the the era of Batmite and what they would have done with Green Lantern. Yeah, they did, like, nothing. That's the thing. Yeah. The Batmite, the Green Lantern kind of came after that era was at its height, I guess. I could be getting my years wrong. Green Lantern that we're seeing here is a product of the 60s. Well, I guess there's Batmite stuff in the 60s, like, but the really goofy DC stuff, a lot of that's from the 50s. So his ring isn't magic, it's science. It's Well, here's the thing. Your Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott, had a magic ring. Okay. Then your Silver Age Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, had a space ring. And the one we saw is a space science ring. Is a science ring, yeah. And it's shaped like an old lantern for Lord knows what reason, because the spa- space aliens also used railroad lanterns at some point. <laughs> okay. Well, they they had the space trains. So they had the space trek where they go through the like they're all pushing west. Yeah, in that's space. right. Because <laughs> there's a west in space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Manifest space to me. Yep. All, all of climb. space will will belong to us. They stop in the space engines. <laughs> they <laughs> climb aboard Astro Train, the Decepticon. <laughs> Astro Train. Yeah, they drive a golden spike into space, thus connecting yeah. the Pacific and Atlantic space roads. Read your space history, guys. So the movie just takes itself too seriously when it's about a guy with a magic green thing that turn, that makes other green things. Okay. 
Well, I think we can wrap it up. Magic green things. Yeah. And I also, like, like how much better would it have been to have a climax that actually involved Hal Jordan, like, doing something that nobody else could do? Like, like flying a plane? Or throw yeah, somebody maybe in like, the sun? like they briefly, he briefly makes green planes, but he doesn't really do much with them. Yeah. Like, he just throws a guy into a sun. Which Not is, a I mean, son, the sun, the our sun. No, there's more than one sun. I know man. there's more than one sun, but... My three sons. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, on that note, let's give Just our like final a... judgment for the, for the movie. Now, was it gossip girlingly <laughs> good? <laughs> Dan, what are the categories? Final judgments. Uh, final judgments. Was this a, a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked? Stuart, I'll go to you. Um, I'm gonna go bad, bad. Actually, it uh, for a superhero movie, it was shockingly boring, and not that much stuff happened. Um, in a two-hour movie that seemed to not really pause for breath, except to lie around and argue about stuff. Yeah, the characters did a lot of lying around or sitting around. Uh, I'm gonna shock everyone. I'm gonna. It ma- is Shocktober. I'm gonna. It is not Shocktober. Shocksember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give this a marginal. I kind of liked it. Really? Yeah, you I really didn't stand up and defend it during the discussion. Well, I mean, you have failed, Green Lantern. Are you talking about the parts that you saw uh, when you weren't going down <laughs> to check your mail or yeah. play Sonic the Hedgehog? Because those parts, <laughs> sure, if I only minutes. saw those things, <laughs> that was five minutes at least, or at most. Uh, no, I, here's the thing. I wasn't as bored by it as you guys were until like the last thirty minutes. Like there, were, like when you did, we did stop got, it, and I was a, like, "There's a scene where Ryan Reynolds is like, I can't do this,' and Blake Lively says, you have to.' And I'm like, this is taking forever.' And Dan goes, "Well, the movie's almost over. We've only got pause this movie. Sees there's 25 minutes left. He goes, oh man. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, like 29. 10 of those were credits. There was a lot of credits. That's true. But I liked, I liked watching like a lot of the, like the silliness of it just like the goofy monster green lantern core goofing, goofing around they barely goofed around <laughs> yeah they mainly just stood around and put their rings in the air and made light come out of their rings i liked the fact that um because it was a good director like shooting a shitty script like it had all these uh script problems but at least the actual like like I feel like he was doing as much as he could with it to move it along and like make yeah. it comprehensible. And you got to see know. Tim Robbins look around frantically <laughs> before being set on fire. That is it. Like, like I said, it's, it's worth it for the moment where Tim Robbins, you know, had to act being levitating, looking around scared. No, I would not go so far as to recommend this to people, but you just did. If it was, you called uh, it your pick of the year. <laughs> you put it in like, your flop ten. If I had paid for it, I would have been uh, furious. But if uh, if it came on HBO, something a service that I had already Get, paid for, uh, you're giving a green light to Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. copyright uh, 2011. What did you just copyright? <laughs> my, the my year, part, my thing, your thing I just did. You can't yeah. copyright. What was that? A blurb? Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Put it on T-shirts? Yeah, <laughs> posters. I can copyright it. I mean, it's, it's not even yours. Stuart it. said it. He can copyright it. <laughs> nope, I swooped in and I copyrighted it. Oh, I can't. Out I didn't, from under didn't know you could just do that. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a no takesies backsies policy around here. Oh, Elliot. So you're probably going to shock us all and say... I'm going to shock everybody and say, I thought it was a bad, bad movie. (laughs) This is not the worst movie we've seen. Like, if it came on television and you're sick at home from work and you got nothing to do and you're not really expecting much, then go ahead. 
Watch Green Lantern on TV. Now all the waste your time. All the naysayers, basically, yeah. yeah. All like, the if naysayers you, if, on the internet are going to say this is just because you write for Marvel and this is a Marvel DC. I have. Thing, I right? am a Marvel zombie. The House of Ideas is my home, and DC is the distinguished competition. Yes, but it's also brand Ech. Those are all Marvel <laughs> references. But uh, the it's just like if you're if your life is seeking out things that you're going to enjoy and trying new things and making the most of every, of every moment, don't watch Green Lantern. But if you're just sitting around waiting for death to save you from the endless monotony of time, go ahead. <laughs> watch Green Lantern. That's the highest recommendation I can give it. <laughs> so, Dan? Uh, fair enough. I'm going to go on to letters. Yay! Uh, this one's titled, Hey Floppas. It's from... Uh, Street? Efren, last name withheld. Nora Efren. And uh, it says, uh, regarding the floppers' respective popularity, okay. I've noticed that Dan Stewart's and Elliot's popularity is inversely proportional with the amount of episodes they've appeared in. What? Maybe Dan should take a break <laughs> or just let his alter ego, the Flophouse house cat, that's not my That is a really sneaky way to get Dan to take, a, take an episode off. <laughs> well, also, it's very insulting. He uh, He's basically just saying outright that uh, he hates me. And other I mean, people. he's no, not no, outright. It's pretty roundabout. the hard grow fonder. Yeah. So you need to take a hike. Uh, it's hard for people to like you when you're right there. Well, I control all of the equipment, so that's not going to happen. We actually can't do an episode when Dan's not available yet, because he owns the mixing board and the computer, and he knows how to work everything. Uh, but he goes Mistakes, on to say... Mistakes, you know, ignore those. <laughs> Second, I live in Southern California, the podcast Mecca. Maybe what's needed to ignite some interest in the Flophouse is a good old-fashioned East Coast-West Coast rivalry. Uh oh. Out here we've got WTF, Adam Carolla, Nerdist, and Earwolf. While daunting the relative dearth of New York based podcasts places you in an underdog position. Hey, what about a Flophouse Mike and Tom Eat Snacks team up? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm not. Is that a podcast? I yep. assume. I don't really follow podcasts. I don't have time. I don't have the time to seek out new things, which is why I'm mad I wasted two hours watching Green Lantern. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think uh, you know, an East Coast West Coast rivalry could. Uh, Hey. Pop up the numbers. I mean, at least or, until Ellie gets shot. Or let's try something new. One, I'd rather not be shot in a drive-by. No. Uh, but two, hey, why not an East Coast, West Coast cooperation? Yeah. Does everything have okay. to be competition? Okay. Let's work together for everyone's benefit. Yeah. So somebody out in the West Coast, find a podcast there mm-hmm. and... Uh, Tell them to promote us, Tell them to, and we promise we will totally do the same thing. Exactly. There you go, yeah. Oh, I thought they were just going to like send each other cupcakes or something. I'm calling it, cupcakes may be involved as well. I'm yeah, calling you're the, it you're the baker. Pods Across America. I like mm, it. I don't know if that's going to catch on. It already has. Look oh, outside. Okay. <laughs> Stuart looks out window. People are holding signs reading Pods Across America. A Pods Across America parade is going down the street. We did it. <laughs> uh, oh, he has a P.S., have you tried underwater sex yet? <laughs> so he's the guy who runs Aquafan. I guess. I guess. <laughs> That's a deep flophouse cut. It's a super That's deep cut. That's an old one. Uh, this is titled Dance Hook. It's from Brian, last name withheld. Okay, a little late, but that's okay. I'm going to assume it's Brian Lehrer. Uh, dear, <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> it's New York uh, Public Radio's Brian Lehrer writing in. <laughs> Uh, dear Flophouse, I've been thinking about Dan's pr- predicament of lacking a hook, and I believe I have a rather simple solution. Dan needs his own take on movie recommendations. Hmm. While Stuart offers from his 1980s horror rotation, and Elliot <laughs> has his classics of the 30s, Dan insists on giving a wide range of different movies, suggesting a fully rounded personality. Hey, wait a minute. Elliot's recommendations, on the other hand, points out his love of old-timey comedy bits, and Stuart's 80s gorefest 
picks show off his uh, mixture of whimsy and irony. I recommend new movies all the time. Dan could create his own personality through idiosyncratic suggestions like only recommending Korean action movies of or uh, 1950s musicals. I don't want to stifle Dan's creativity here, but the best hook Creep-tivity. might just be having a detailed recommendation philo- philosoph- yeah, philosophy and building mm. off of that. That's not a bad idea. Uh, right now, Dan's hook could be that he's sitting on an exercise ball. <laughs> Yep. He's the only podcast host. Maybe my hook will be that I Probably. have a strong core. <laughs> He's the his hook. Yeah, is the strength of your core. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I'm gonna tighten up. So Dan, what's your up, guys? What's yeah. your uh, what's your new hook? Your recommendation philosophy gonna be? Um, I'm going to recommend only public service announcements. It's not really movies. <laughs> yep, the 1970s. No, no, that, that falls within the purview of the podcast. Are those available for people to watch? <laughs> Probably on YouTube. I don't know. Probably on YouTube, I don't know. <laughs> I also have no special uh, knowledge of the genre. Yeah, Dan's so. new hook is the guy who doesn't do research and doesn't know what he's talking about. Doesn't read the letters beforehand. So, Thank you to everyone who's written in so far. Yeah, I feel like I've been told, I've been told by listeners that we don't thank people enough for writing in. You've been told by two specific listeners. Yeah, that so let's keep reading the letters, shall we? Thank you again. Personal friends. <laughs> um, this is titled... Is that a bit from Travis, last name withheld? Travis Pickle. It is, yes. Uh, Having listened to the majority of your back catalog, I've noticed a reoccurring theme. When Elliot recaps movies, he often stops and asks, should I give give away the ending? (laughs) This question is usually followed by a millisecond long pause before inevitably revealing the climax. At first, I thought maybe he felt a little remorse about spoiling these movies, but then I realized he secretly loves it. When he first guested on the podcast, he was somewhat timid and reserved. Over time, his recapping progressed from quietly confident to maniacally irresponsible. <laughs> it has been fascinating and tragic to listen to Elliot's decline into madness, and I eagerly await the episode one day when he will finally embrace his destiny as supervillain, the Ruiner. This is not one even example. just the contest Ruiner, the Ruiner. <laughs> yep. Now, would your head get really bulbous? You think it would have to be? That would Probably. ruin my hair. <laughs> the Ruiner of things. Uh, actually, I'm going to skip ahead to the P.S. What, are you not going to read the rest of the letter? Um, since you're too modest to do really it yourself, <laughs> I'd like to remind anybody who enjoys the show to donate so we can help keep the lights on and the reggae tone out. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, Travis. Hey, thanks. Remember to, uh, to, yeah, listen to Travis and donate so that Dan can afford to do this. And Well, that, I mean, now I can. I used to not be able to. Shh, we're going to get some money out of this. Okay. And, uh... Remember to uh, take a look at the Flophouse Wiki also and help them update and fill out that because there's a lot of episodes that still yeah. need our stupid movie pitches described in mm-hmm. text. Yep. we need, uh, Elliot needs to be reminded of all of his great ideas. Yeah, because there's already a lot. I totally had forgotten about Million Dollar Getaway until <laughs> the entry for it showed up on the Flophouse Wiki, and now I remember how good it was. Yeah. And my offer to Hollywood still stands $700,000 for that idea. <laughs> Very reasonable. <laughs> it's a very reasonable price. Yeah, for a, for a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this last letter is titled "Origin Stories of Friendship" oh, from weird. Matt. First name withheld. Siegel. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, I, you told us oh, the yeah, first wait, name. Yeah. Oh god, I fucked it up, guys. Uh, Don't on, worry, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. So uh, he says, "I was wondering if you guys." 
had ever talked about how you all met. Well, I mean, we've talked about it with, each, we? other, with each other, but uh, yeah, that's, we've told. Like I told my wife the other day, was like, "How do you know Dan and Stewart again?" Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> why have they been in my apartment? Why, why do I know them? Uh, I think I remember Dan saying that he and Stewart went to the same college. But I've only ever heard yep. Elliot referred to as a friend, with no indication of whether you guys have been friends since time immemorial, a la the Muppet Babies, or just recently <laughs> met. Nanny did raise all of us. <laughs> or you some, would, you'd be Gonzo. Or some situation in between. Maybe I missed an episode where you explained it, but if not, I'm always interested in hearing about origin stories. Plus, it would be really helpful to have an episode to cite when writing the flopper history page on the wiki. <clears throat> also, I want to know how to make friends. So any insight there would be great. <laughs> but you well, came to the wrong place. It's true that you and Stuart went, both went to FU, where you majored in boobs. <laughs> yep. Uh, and what, what? where did you guys meet again? Uh, we, uh, well, we both went to Earlham College, but we weren't... Uh, I don't know that we knew each other during that time, actually. Yeah, we, we actually both did uh, competing comic strips for the local school newspaper... Uh, um, but I we did the local school newspaper. <laughs> not some <laughs> school. To the national school newspaper <laughs> yeah, for Earlham College, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, but you know, Dan was into theater stuff, and uh, I was. You were into being cool. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was a cool guy. See, I imagined you guys as roommates. Dan being the nerdy brain, well, and Stuart being the party hard party. My roommate, oh, that was his other roommate. My roommate Bill Hickey, who was a party hardy uh, gentleman, uh, was very good friends with Stuart, and I feel like yeah. in, in a large way, that's kind of the link. Is uh, we we're both friends with Bill, and yeah. then once uh, we were both living in New York, R- radio host Bill Hickey, we yeah of the river. In Boston, but uh, we became better. Uh, you don't listen friends. to the radio. I don't listen to Boston radio. Okay. Now, Elliot. Uh, now, my origin story is I was bitten by a radioactive know-it-all. Okay. <laughs> uh, and given the power to talk too much, but uh, Dan and I met through uh, the comedy theater that was being run by our mutual friend Eric Marsizak. Uh There used to be a a comedy theater in the city that he ran. First called Above Kleptomania. First yeah. it was called Above Kleptomania. And it was above a sex store. It was above yeah. Show World. It was in Show World, which no longer exists in New York. It's now the Laugh Factory. Uh, but Playland, I think it's called, which is right next to Show World, still exists. Mm. So if you want to know what, where we were performing comedy, just walk in there and you'll see that it's uh, – at the time I think it was 25 cents for a minute of video yeah. – uh, and that's a pretty good price. They had like the upstairs was decorated with like ceramic well, clowns. Thing, like, it was very weird. But we were literally it was a circus themed. We were club. literally up performing upstairs in a, a sex shop and a place that had like viewing booths, like live sex, and uh, well, not like live sex shop, but like like I think that there are strippers, strippers in there. Strippers, not live sex shows. Yeah, yeah. this isn't Tijuana. No, I know. Come on, but uh, but you would go upstairs and the, the stage that we're performing on. Was clearly a stage that used to be used for stripping. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of mirrors all over all over the stage, and no pole, but you could tell there probably was a pole there at some point. And when we were doing yep. comedy shows, like you, you could see that every once in a while, men would come upstairs, like thinking that there was going to be some sort of sex thing upstairs, and they'd and... sit in there and watch for a couple minutes, and then get up and leave. Yeah, and uh, but you mean we... they weren't satisfied by your comedy? Guys? No, not by our avant-garde sketch comedy that we were doing at the I time. I mean, if you have a boner, comedy doesn't really do much about that. Unless it's sexy comedy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, but we didn't really meet when we were we didn't get to know each other that well, that much when it was at Show World. No. Later, Eric had a a different theater space that was a basement theater underneath what's now the Gene Frankel when at the time was the Gene Frankel Theater, which still exists. And he ran a space called Juvie Hall down there, 
and we all performed there. Mm-hmm. And I remember very Various well. Shows. I remember very well the first conversation I can really remember having with Dan was when we were helping Eric paint the entire theater and lobby space black with like rollers, just like painting the ceilings, floors, walls, everything with black paint. So yeah. That was that's the that would be like five minutes into the movie of the the flop house. No, actually, the flop house story. The first five minutes would be Dan and Stuart at college partying. Then the next, mm-hmm. then you'd have about ten minutes of Couple them in New montages. York. Then I'd come in mm-hmm. fifteen minutes in with the painting scene, and then by and then the, later on, I'd be writing for your uh, stage show. Which, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Dan was a writer for my stage show that I used to do, uh, the new Kalen show. And I, saw, I saw you down, which in, replaced uh, the Midnight Kalen. I saw a couple of those. Yeah, I used to do a show called the Midnight Kalen. Uh, and then it moved into uh, primetime. Primetime became the primetime Kalen, and then the new Kalen show. I saw. I saw when you really had Evan banking Dorkin. off of the name recognition <laughs> yes. that you had fostered. Well, my my ego at the time was very big, and uh, that was the show at first where my only my only promise to Eric was I pro- I hope I promise I will do the show if I never have to prepare material ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But then w- when it became the new Kalen show, we wrote for it, and Dan had a segment that I insisted he call the real McCoy, even though he hated that. <laughs> Ah, memories. Oh, but I was going to say, in the Flophouse movie, by the 30-minute mark, Stewart's uh, video game has been swapped out with one that has a chip that the Soviets are after. Okay. And so, of course, spies are chasing us, and we have to go to Europe and so forth. Like we did in real life. Exactly, yeah. And then Uh, Dabney Coleman shows up and saves the day? (laughs) Well, he tries to save the day, and we save him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So, guys... um, Like a father figure, though, right? But like a mean father figure. Okay. At this point, we should really plug our live show. That's, That's for sure. Let's skip the regular recommendations. So and now that you're all show. bored about our history, yeah, let's talk Come about our future. Uh, we're doing you another have, show. You may have noticed on the website that we've got another live screening coming up. Our last one, where we watched the movie Twin Sitters, was an unqualified success. Yeah, total success. Everybody loved it. Almost sold out. Almost. Let's just say sold out. But yeah, sure. Why not? We'll lie to you. Mar- sold out. Margin of error. It was sold out. Uh, and we've got another screening coming up <laughs> January twentieth at eight p.m. Yeah. Yeah. At 92Y Tribeca in Manhattan, New York City, America, Earth, Milky Way Galaxy. Uh, and we're going to be showing the movie 12 Rounds, starring John Cena. And we just watched it again Sunday, the two days before this. To, to uh, confirm it was as stupid as we remembered. And it was even stupider. It is a really ridiculously silly movie. And we're going to be providing live commentary. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some presentation, informational presentations by Matt Carmen and Ksenia Yorosh of I Love Bad Movies, who are producing the show. Yeah, our uh, I like to think of them as our uh, sister publication. They do a zine mm-hmm. about bad movies called then, I Love Bad. And movies. then we'll do some kind of intermission, maybe a raffle. Who knows? Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't the raffles. I don't know I'll pull, out, I'll a, pull out a T-shirt cannon. At the sure. last screening, we did interview our wives to find out how yeah. they were enjoying the movie. We're not going to be doing that this yeah, time. At this screening, our wives are very happy to know that they're not. <laughs> their presence is not required. Yeah, my wife has asked me several times. <laughs> I don't have to be at this thing, right? I mean, you know, they may show up, they may not, but my uh, wife won't. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're hoping to catch a glimpse of her, no, she's as elusive as Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but January but far 20th. Far more beautiful. Yes, thank you, Stuart. <laughs> it's implied. Uh, January 20th. Danielle, do you, did you hear in the latest podcast? <laughs> Elliot compared you to Sasquatch. She doesn't listen to this. January 20th. Uh, 92i Tribeca, and it's on their website, 92itribeca.org, so you can buy tickets now. 
Yeah. Wait, so Do I can go now. on the while I'm listening to this podcast on mm-hmm. my podcast you can, mm-hmm. machine. You type inter- internet into your computer. <laughs> type internet flophouse Stewart, and okay. you'll have already purchased a ticket. <laughs> it's that easy. Uh, January 20th, 12 rounds. Yeah, links. I mean, if we're talking too quickly, uh, as Elliot is wont to do, uh, links. If I, you think I'm talking too quickly? Just get faster ears, man. <laughs> links to all of this will be. Uh, I'm not up slowing on the down. I'm limitless. www.flophousepodcast.com. Not limitless. <laughs> so we. What else? Don't 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 you have another screening coming up or something? Oh, I do. Well, my regular monthly screening series uh, is also at 92 Tribeca, and our first one. Of 2012, will be on January 4th at 7:30 p.m. It's a Wednesday. We're showing the Beguiled with Clint Eastwood and uh, Stuart. a Stuart Wellington recommendation from mm-hmm. a few years back. Stuart Wellington put his personal stamp of approval, which I think is in the shape of a penis, <laughs> on this movie. Uh, it's really good with Clint Eastwood. Did you ever get that ink off of your penis, by the way? No, Stuart? I did not. <laughs> so shame. that's two screenings you should go to next month: The Beguiled, January 4th, for a good movie. I shouldn't have used red ink. It scares the shit out of my wife. But even more importantly, January 20th, 12 rounds with the Flophouse crew. Yep. Which is us. And now uh, all that's left is to wish you floppy holidays. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Yeah. From the Flophouse. <laughs> God rest ye merry. Je- guys, why aren't you singing? Cut it. Yeah, no. This is going to get out of that, right? I assume so, yeah. Okay. Happy right. flop. What's it? Maybe floppy if I holidays? just say um or cough a bunch, we'll have to edit them out. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> hasn't hasn't happened before. Okay. Uh, well, so floppy holidays and a floppy new year. Yeah. Um. Not sh- not sure when we will be with you again next, and maybe a little later because because the holidays may not. Who knows? Who That's knows the mystery. Next- it's question mark. The mystery of life. Who knows what the new year will bring for all of us? <laughs> right, guys. You're getting really weird. We shouldn't do this in the afternoon anymore. It yeah. should only be at and night. we got to do it at night when Dan's too tired to be weird. <laughs> All right. Well, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And I will continue to be Elliot Kalen. See you guys later. <laughs> creepy. Bitch. That's, you're you're basing him just on how people play with him in Marvel vs. Capcom. Speaking I mean, it's side guy. That's yeah. what I say about Magneto. Pick a fucking side. Stop spam. Stop kind. stop spam spamming your projectile attack.